All right. What is up, guys? My name is Coach Cheryl. My name is Coach Cheryl. I love when I start off my Instagram. It's going to be a morning. My intro is already fucked. <laughs> and I'm not able to restart it. So welcome back to Fit Body Secrets, where my name and my mission, I cannot talk today. Welcome back to Fit Body Secrets. My name is Coach Cheryl, and I am here to bring you guys this week's inspiration, motivation, and training tips, nutrition tips to help you on your fitness journey. That was the worst intro ever, so bear with me, guys. That's what you call the first words I've spoken all morning, and it's 10 o'clock a.m., and I had been up since about 5.30, but anyways, I love when the, the beginning of my podcast starts off just so well, so raw. Um, today's episode, honestly, is we're going to be talking a lot about primarily, um, you know, I get a lot of women that reach out to me in their late 30s, 40s, into their early 50s, and they're noticing a lot of body composition changes in terms of all of a sudden things are packing a little bit differently in the midsection, um, or maybe the, the same exercises that they were doing, the same training routine, the same nutrition isn't quite working the same way. And they're trying to figure out how to navigate these changes in their life. And maybe, maybe this isn't quite you yet. Maybe you are a little bit in your younger years, uh, later twenties, earlier twenties, and maybe you are still experiencing some hormonal shifts. Um, maybe you have a really, a really rough cycle. Maybe your period's really difficult. Maybe you have noticed that, You've got some, you know, acne as an adult. Maybe there's other things going on. And you're noticing that even as a younger adult, that you are already seeing some hormonal disruptions. And, and this episode is going to help all of you guys out there, whether you are in the younger ages or you are in the more mature ages and you're looking to try and reverse or prevent the, or reverse things versus prevent things. But either way, the same principles are going to be pretty much routine. And I'm going to start by talking a little bit about the women's reproductive system. And I'm going to try to get to like sciency and getting into the weeds here and kind of keep it pretty much what you guys want to use. Like, Hey, Cheryl, I'm just miserable with the body composition changes that I'm experiencing and these experiences of these symptoms. And I really want to feel better and look better, especially as we age. Cause honestly, and it's funny, I'm just going to say this right off the bat. A lot of the women that I see in the CrossFit space uh, that are older than me, I'm like, man, I hope I look like you when I'm 50 years old, 55 years old. And um, that's my hope for myself. And as a younger adult, I hope you guys are all looking to those women as well. And I want to know what makes different the difference between those that age well and those that don't. And that's why today I'm going to talk about a couple of things here that are hopefully going to help you guys out. So long-winded, very rough intro, but now I feel like I'm in my flow state. Before I go into the episode, though, I will give you guys a little bit of an update on me. Um, things are going really well in my surgical recovery. Uh, I am... I say that, I don't really know. I know that I'm pain-free. My follow-up appointment is actually tomorrow, so I'm excited to see what the doctor says. I am hopeful that she's going to release me for some rehab because I'm going to be honest, I've already been doing a little bit more than I probably should be doing with this arm, just naturally. It's just, it's I'm in no pain. So like things like I'm not supposed to be lifting anything with this arm, but I've noticed myself lately, like when I'm um, getting things out of the refrigerator, I have been a little bit more handy with my right hand and I shouldn't be. So I've been trying to keep my sling on because I'm allowed to take it off um, throughout the day. But when it's off, it's easier for me to just do those things and not think about it. So it's probably why she wants it on 24-7. That's been the hardest thing, I think, for me right now is sleeping. Um, still trying to figure out how to get comfortable. Uh, but I will say that it has made one huge change for me is that I used to be a belly sleeper. And I've been trying to break that habit for a long time. And since going through the surgery, I have not been able to sleep on my belly. So it's been a good change for me to help my skin because I'm no longer freaking planting my face into the, into the, you know, into the mattress. Um, but also just better for your spine as well. So 
Uh, the only thing that I will say that I've noticed is that I don't like sleeping on my side. I do find that it kind of puts my spine in a weird position with the sling on. So I've been trying to sleep on my, um, on my back, which has been a huge change here recently. I never thought I'd be able to do. So now we're going to go into a little bit more about what you guys want to know about, which is how do I figure out this hormonal changes that are, that are going on? So first things first, before we go into the changes that might, you might be experiencing in your forties and your fifties, or even in your thirties, we need to understand a little bit about the female reproductive system and what's going on. So going back to our teenage years, um, going through puberty. Okay. Essentially in our teenage years, our, our hormones are essentially now becoming open for business. Okay. We are saying we are now looking to produce progesterone, estrogen, other female reproductive hormones so we can ovulate, build the uterine lining, shed it, the wonderful period, period process, and then begin that cycle all over again, every single month, the wonders of being a freaking woman. Uh, and until you get pregnant, you go through these phases and then it stops while you're going through the wonderful pregnancy. Once again, the wonderful beauty of being a woman. We get to experience the period and then we get the absence of the period so we could be pregnant. Um, and then when we shift into perimenopause, perimenopause is essentially the time before menopause. And it's when a woman is ending her reproductive age and she is shifting into the age of no longer being weight or uh, able to produce a second human being. So um, we are going to see changes in our hormones during this time as well. Primarily, we're going to be seeing decreases in our sex hormones. And then much like those reproductive years, we are going to see changes in the way our body experiences those things. So women on their cycle, women on their period, we have PMS, we have cramps, we have bloating, we have irritability. The same thing happens as we see changes in those hormones in a different way. Unfortunately, all of these symptoms are very unpredictable. We can't predict how severe they're going to be, when we're going to experience them. And if you're someone that lives with a woman uh, and you're watching this, maybe you are a husband, you can honestly have a little bit of empathy to understand that she has no control over when these things happen. It just kind of happens. And the toughest women out there still can't sometimes hold their tongue and they can't always keep their shit together like you want them to. So it's just part of being a woman. But and then we have menopause, which is a time where we no longer have experienced a period for longer than a year. And this can happen in three different ways. Normal, it happens with aging as our decrease in hormones production happens. We can have a premature menopause, which is often triggered from stress, medical conditions, and other things. Uh, and then we can have an artificial menopause where we actually have had a removal of the ovaries to prevent any more um, ovulation. And then you've got your postmenopausal phase, which is our time after menopause when our hormones have now all the fluctuations are gone. They're leveled out. Everything is kind of where it's going to be. There's no more going out of production. And we are kind of like just kind of status quo. Everything's pretty much lower. Um, so that's kind of a little bit of a backstory for you guys to understand on the hormones of a woman in terms of uh, obviously reproductive ages into perimenopause, menopause, postmenopausal or menopause and then postmenopausal. All right. Now we're going to kind of shift into understanding that, like I mentioned, that these phases, we can't always control when they happen or how long they happen. So everybody's going to go through puberty at different ages. People are also going to go through perimenopause, menopause at different ages, and they're going to experience these things for longer times and with more or less symptoms. Some people can experience menopause as early, or perimenopause as early as in their 30s. Others, it can be later as in their 50s. And some people don't even fully go through menopause until their late 60s at, at, at the latest. So we can always see that there's big shifts and we can't really predict that. However, there are some distinct hormonal changes, which we can actually see in a uh, pretty linear process, which one of them is going to be obviously with puberty. We kind of know what to expect. We're going to see obviously more acne, maybe some, you know, different things happening. Um, so that's kind of talking to you guys a little bit about that. what you're going to experience in terms of 
uh, these times, specifically with the perimenopause uh, and even in sometimes in puberty and lesser degree, is you are going to experience a lot of symptoms in terms of mood changes, digestive changes, sleep changes, uh, changes in temperature, uh, your period changes, all of these things, which are all like, yep, I'm experiencing all of those things. And the doctor keeps telling me this is perimenopause or this is just the way it is. And that's not always the case. There's a lot of things that we can do. And so I'm going to start to kind of go into that as we get going. So before I get into that, like I said, this is the whole bunch of worms I'm opening up is I want you guys to understand that mm -hmm. your reproductive hormones are not consolidated to one system, meaning they're not like locked in the box where the only thing that's affected by them is your reproductive system. There are other hormones in our body that work in conjunction with our reproductive hormones and other hormones in our body that affect our reproductive hormones and understanding that making sure that all of those things are optimized and how they affect things are going to help you guys a ton. So our reproductive, reproductive hormones affect us throughout the body in a number of ways, our mood, our emotional stability, our immune function, our metabolism, energy levels, our desire to actually be around people. So that stuff's our skeletal and smooth muscle function. Uh, cognitive function, our responses to stress, which is a big one, appetite, digestion, our wake and sleep cycles, and even our tissue breakdown, recovery, and growth. So how we grow muscle as we age is another important thing. All women are going to experience these things very differently, as I mentioned. And it's important to understand that it's because everyone's hormone profile is completely different. And this is also where, guys, going into nutrition coaching and meal plans and trying to figure out how to navigate things, you cannot always rely on a one-size-fits-all program. Going to a macro calculator or a macro coach and only getting something that's understanding the, the needs of calories and macros and not understanding all the other intricacies of that is selling yourself short because you are an individual and you have individual needs. And that comes outside of just calorie balance and macronutrients. Hormones themselves mm -hmm. aren't just left to like one specific thing. So people talk about estrogen as it's one thing. There's actually three different types of estrogen. And there are a lot of different things that are going to affect those estrogen levels. We've got multiple thyroid hormones. We've got multiple neurotransmitters such as serotonin and dopamine, oxytocin. These things are all important for understanding that your body is not ever going to be just one problem or one thing. They all work together. Mm -hmm. Even the amount of fat on your body is going to have a... a um, effect on your hormonal balance. And I'm saying all these things to you guys, because I want you to understand that by optimizing your transition into perimenopause, menopause is understanding the importance of all the other factors, all the other hormones as well, not just the progesterone and the estrogen that most people are so conditioned to be focused on. Even the cell signaling that happens to get your body to understand how to signal hormonal processes is important for you guys to understand. All of that is very different. Now, let's talk a little bit about where I'm going to go into. And I'm going to, oh, my coffee's so good, as you guys always know, about some of the lifestyle factors that are playing into a role into your experiences during menopause, perimenopause, even your period symptoms, and all of these things. Because I, I honestly think that people don't understand that if you're in your 20s and your 30s and you're having rough periods, chances are, your transition into perimenopause and menopause is going to be just as rough, if not worse. And that's why I'm talking in terms of preventative as well as reactive, because I want you guys to understand that these same principles are likely going to apply to you in your 20s and 30s, just as much as they are in your 40s and 50s. There are many, many, many factors that are going to affect your hormones. And I think people are most conditioned to think it's just my hormones. And that's essentially what I would like to call the scapegoat. 
Um, it's really easy to focus on what we can't control. And that is the hormones. We can't control our hormone profile. However, we can control things that affect those things. Your overall health and well-being, your diet, your relationships, history of uh, being pregnant, breastfeeding, sleep recovery, circadian rhythms, movement, environment, stress levels, alcohol, medications, and other drugs, along with hormone replacement therapies and birth control. All of these things are going to be able to affect, are going to affect your hormones. And as you look at those things, we have the power to influence pretty much all of those things. And I know that some people are going to give me, yeah, that's easier said than done. If I want to get pregnant, but still within your control, there are a lot of things throughout here we can control. And if we're working to control those things, you are likely going to see improvements in those symptoms. It just has to be a commitment to understand that you're not going to see the changes after doing it for one day or one week. It has to come with consistency built over time. You know, our, our genetic profile, our hormone profile is a result, our genetic profile, but our hormone profile is a result over how many years we've been alive and how we've been living. The exposures we've had both physically, mentally, emotionally, all of that stuff. So we have to understand all of those things. All right. Before I kind of get into some of these things that we're going to be using to optimize, mm -hmm. I want to talk a little bit about the main purpose of this episode today is there's really two main things that I want you guys to understand from this episode today is one of the main reasons that people reach out for coaching and they're going to these experiences and they're looking for help. Maybe it's not even coaching. They're just looking for a solution is that they are very unhappy with their body composition changes. They are, they're gaining weight. They're not happy. They can't lose weight like they used to be able to. Uh, and maybe they've missed their window of opportunity to lose weight at a younger age. They didn't put the work in then. And now they're trying to lose weight in their older ages and they're like struggling. And body composition is probably one of the hardest things emotionally for women because it's sensitive. You, you don't like when you wake up and you put on clothes and you don't like the way they look on your belly. And you're seeing these changes in your, in your, your body and you're working hard and you're trying to do all these things. And you're like, I'm so miserable. And it's really important to that as much as that is something that you guys need to be, you have every right to be upset about and want to change. It's also important for you guys to understand and accept that that will only change if you work on the other areas of your life that are likely also being affected by this, like how you're feeling throughout your day your cognitive function, you know, the way your sex drive is, your your pain and inflammation markers, I mean, the, the symptoms you're experiencing, getting all of those things better is going to hopefully help body composition. And so I know it's easy to focus on, I just want to look better. I don't care how I feel. How you feel is so much more fucking important, ladies. Like walking around every day, like with your head held low because you're in a funk, and you're depressed and you, you keep taking it out on your kids and all that stuff is not fun either. So I want you guys to know that as much as I'm here to give you guys some strategies, because I know I want to help you guys lose the belly fat and improve your body composition. I also want you guys to feel better. And in order for you guys to get the body composition changes you have, feeling better is usually going to be the precursor. Okay. So, but why do we see these changes in fat distribution? Why does this happen? Why does it become harder for us to lose weight? Well, first and foremost, yes, uh, weight gain is caused by taking in more calories than burning. Um, and maybe you haven't gained weight, but you've seen that change in distribution. 
of your body composition. You're the same weight, but you look different. Okay. Our BMR decreases as we age, not necessarily due to the aging, but changes in our lean body mass, AKA we're not eating enough protein. We're not doing enough strength training uh, and increases in our fat mass. We are now moving less and we have less lean body mass. So it makes it harder for us to stay at calorie maintenance. It's easier for us to easily go into a calorie surplus. Lifestyle changes happen. We are no longer as active as we used to be. We may be sitting a little bit more. Um, and then the big one is changes in estrogen levels, which will cause a little bit more belly fat to accumulate. I will say this with a grain of salt is that like the estrogen level changes are going to cause the minimal effect on body fat changes in your belly fat. Um, the bigger changes are going to be coming from the lifestyle, the BMR changes and the lean body mass changes along with the last one I put on here, which is stress, stress. So just so you guys know, this goes for men and women together. Belly fat has four times the amount of cortisol receptors as any other fat cells in your body. So when you are under more stress, you are going to see more fat accumulate in your midsection. All right. All of that stuff, I'm going to kind of recap because I know it was kind of like a lot to digest because I want to go into now the strategies that I want to present you guys with today is understand the female reproductive system starts with the reproductive age, going into perimenopause, the time before we go into menopause our menopausal stage, and then our postmenopausal stage. All of those things are going to bring on some different symptoms, primarily in our reproductive stage around our cycle. And then in our perimenopause stage, we are going to see some exacerbation of symptoms. And there are some things that we can do that we can control. And then there are some things that we can't necessarily control. We can't control our hormonal shifts, but we can control how our body is primed to accept those hormonal shifts and the effects of the hormonal shifts. So, what do we have control over? And this is important. If you guys are looking to lose belly fat, lose body fat, improve your symptoms, feel better, okay? Take notes right now. Take notes because I know most women are selective listeners. I know most people are selective listeners. They're going to look for the one or two things and focus on those one or two things. And I'm going to be honest with you, if you want to optimize, okay, you should take notes and maybe focus on one or two things initially and slowly, as that gets easier, easier, add one or two more things. Because in order for you to optimize and lose belly fat, all of these things matter. Some of them to a greater degree than others, but this is the magic that you guys want to start to look leaner as you age. As I get older, I'm 37 years old, going on 38. I don't want to see my body composition change in my 40s. Is it going to? Likely, yes. But there are a lot of things that I can be doing to minimize that, okay? So we're going to start with some of the bigger nuggets first, all right? Take another sip of my coffee. Number one, nutrition optimization. And there are two parts of nutrition optimization. And this is relevant to anybody. Okay. Anybody, any, any, any medical issues, diabetes, blah, blah, whatever, not even hormone related, but for you women, perimenopause, menopausal, during dealing with rough periods, even other reproductive system conditions like PCOS. Okay. Food quality is number one. All right. That means minimally processed foods, less hyper palatable foods, limited amounts of sugar, focusing on single ingredient foods. I'm talking lean proteins, veggies. Okay. When you look at the package, it says chicken breast. When you go to the, when you go to look up the label, 
you realize there is no label because it's broccoli and broccoli comes naturally from the earth. They don't have a label on it. Okay. You're looking for single ingredient foods, a lot of complex carbohydrates and healthy amounts of fats. You are also looking for dialing in the quantity of those things, especially if you are seeing a shift in your body weight. Calories matter as much as you don't think they do. Calories matter. Okay. Micronutrients and macronutrients. We want to make sure we're getting in enough protein. We're getting in the right types of fats and the right types of carbohydrates to reduce inflammation, help regulate our hormone cycles and improve all of the things that we're looking to improve. Okay. It's going to help us just decrease our disease risk. It's, it's just, this is like the number one thing. Okay. If you're not dialing in food quality and food quantity, and you're bitching about your symptoms, this is number one. No supplement out there is going to replace this. Sorry, guys. That's just the way it is. So if you really truly are miserable with how you look and feel, and you're tired of inconsistent periods and the, the migraines and the sleep and all that stuff, it starts with food quality and quantity. Now, listen, all right? I don't want to hear, but I don't want to eat my vegetables. I don't like vegetables. Okay. We are grown as adults. We know what it looks like to build a healthy meal. And if you are 50 years old and you don't know how to cook a vegetable that you like, it's time to learn. I learned when I was 19 years old because before that I didn't know. And I took it under my own control and I decided to learn how to make vegetables that I enjoy. Now I've got multiple ways of learning how to eat. You could, you're never too old to learn how to eat more vegetables. So ensuring that you're doing all of those right things. Some key nutritional considerations to add on here are an, uh, an emphasis on lean proteins, uh, a lot of polyunsaturated, monounsaturated omega-3s, um, complex carbohydrates, sweet potatoes, uh, fruits and vegetables, um, oats, single in serving, single ingredient foods for the most part, limited amounts of gluten, hydration, getting in enough water. Oh my gosh, I cannot tell you how many women complain about their skin, and yet they're drinking like 50 ounces of water a day. Okay. Hydration. Why do you think all of these creams and shit you're putting on your face, spending hundreds of dollars on are telling you that you need more hydration. Okay. Put it in your body by drinking it. Hydrate. Vitamin D. One of the biggest things is, is most people are not getting enough vitamin D. Okay. Uh, this is a huge one to help with period symptoms, by the way. Uh, a big one is reducing your caffeine intake. Some people are very caffeine sensitive. Some other big things you guys can look at um, supplementing with is getting more flax seeds in your diet. Lignans are actually a part of a flax seed that is actually converted into an estrogen and can actually help alleviate some symptoms. Omega-3 fatty acids, I already mentioned. Calcium and magnesium, you need both. And then a big one, ladies, drum roll, please. Sip of my coffee. Stop reaching for the bottle of wine when you're stressed. Because alcohol is much harder for your body to process as you age. Okay. So reducing your alcohol intake is going to be huge. Here's a perfect test for you guys. Remove alcohol for like four weeks. See if anything changes. I'm just being honest. Try and find, like I said, you can find some little things to change up. Okay. So that's nutrition. That's a big nugget. Okay. The second big nugget and the big nugget of nutrition is food quality overall and amounts of foods. So macros and micros, okay? Number two, exercise, all right? By the way, before I go into that, I want you guys to understand, as I just came to my thought, is this is where you have to be careful of going on and finding a macro calculator. Because as I said, you're already experiencing changes in your BMR. 
and your total daily energy and expenditures. So those changes need to be addressed. If you're just following a macro plan and you're not really quite sure how to tweak it and you're not sure if you're eating the right things, you should probably have a coach help you do those things. And that's not a plug for coaching, but it's also a plug for coaching. <laughs> so make sure that you know, or you're doing some research on your own to find yourself. And I have a free Facebook group, totally not charged that you guys can go in there and ask questions for. Okay. All right. Second part, exercise regularly. Now there's actually two parts of this because I do find that it's a slippery slope that some women in their efforts to lose weight and lose body fat uh, and they are finding themselves at a, a hard place with doing that, they will try and increase exercise, which will actually negatively impact your results because it raises your stress levels. Finding the right balance in the dosage is so important for you. And we're going to go into that. But number one is that those people that are more sedentary, lower fitness levels are always going to experience greater symptoms. Hands down. I can tell you this with full transparency, the clients that I have with rough periods and rough symptoms are also very inconsistent in the gym and their fitness levels are very low. Those with higher levels of fitness that are in the gym more consistently that are pushing themselves often see a decrease in those symptoms. The sweet spot for most is going to be a minimum of two days a week for maintenance up to five days a week or so for, and, and this is talking to those of you guys in perimenopause, five to six days a week or so, but depending on the length of the session, intense workouts, you're going to need more recovery. You can't just keep doing high intensity every single day, six days a week. Uh, longer sessions um, are going to require obviously more recovery. Those of you getting shorter second sessions. So you're CrossFit guys, I'm going to be honest with you. You can do CrossFit six days a week. Here's why it's confined to a class with a warm up, a cool down, a workout and a strength. Okay. Getting those four things done in one hour is going to limit your intensity. You're not going to be burning the candle at both ends. However, if you're doing your CrossFit class and you're staying after for an extra hour every single day, that's going to be a different story. But one CrossFit class a day should be enough. Okay, so um, whatever it is, you guys should be doing some good mobility. Your, your program should include some form of mobility. Um, could be an easy warm up, you know, cool down, something for injury prevention. There should always be weight bearing movements. Women who are trying to prevent muscle loss and also improve their symptoms. You guys need to be getting weight bearing exercise. And I cannot say this enough. Okay. And if you're the girls, like, I'm just going to go light and do the empty bar today all the time. You're not getting the metabolic response and the response you need hormonally for your body to actually get the benefits of that. Your bones, your muscles, your connective tissues need that stress to stay dense and to stay strong. Okay. Whenever you're thinking about this, Okay, you always have to remember where you're starting from. So I'm not telling you who is sitting on the couch doing nothing right now to go mm -hmm. start doing CrossFit six days a week. What I am saying is, is if you're doing nothing right now, maybe this week you're starting with two days a week of walking. And then maybe next week you're going to do two days a week of walking and two days a week of weight training. And then maybe you're progressing from there. But you've got to get into a fitness routine and it's got to be consistent. Muscle, muscle and body composition changes do not happen from you going to a class workout three days a week for one week. It happens doing that for months and months and months and months and months. It's the volume accumulation. So rather than thinking about how many days you've been consistent in the gym, think about how many days overall you've been in the gym. All right, I've gotten 30 days of gym training in in the last you know two months or whatever that might look like to you, okay? Now, I understand as we are getting older, things might be changing, lifestyles might be changing, but there are some things that we can be doing to, to make it a little bit easier for us to show up at the gym. One, 
is finding a social circle. This is where CrossFit gyms are great. You find friends that you come and work out with. You've got accountability. You've got support. You've got community. You've got all these things. You can join a group class and feel fun. It becomes accountability and also makes it a little bit more uh, enjoyable. Okay. Uh, a couple of other things you're going to need to walk, worry about is you know, your temperature. So you're going to want to make sure that as you're going through perimenopause that you have some kind of temperature with control. Wearing cool clothing, trying to find an air-conditioned gym if you're in Florida, all that kind of stuff. And then the last one is like finding a trainer or a coach, something to keep you accountable. Make sure that your programming is, is giving you enough. The most important thing here, guys, is make sure that your programming is weight-bearing and you are getting some high-intensity, I should say high-intensity, either shorter high-intensity or longer low-intensity cardio cardiovascular training as well. Those are the two big nuggets. Number one, nutrition, macros and micros. Number two, training. Okay. Now, before I move on to the next ones, I want you to ask yourself, how dialed in is my nutrition? How serious am I about changing? Am I actually making the right changes? Do I know what changes to be making? Or am I going by every quote unquote fad diet I see? Or am I listening to advice that I shouldn't be listening to? Am I focusing on the wrong things, such as like removing food groups? Okay. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about getting in enough antioxidants enough nutrients and minimizing the effects of inflammatory foods on the training aspect. We're not talking about burning the candle at both ends, living a high stress job and trying to get in, you know, three hour sessions a day. We're talking about mindful movement and intentional training. All right, next piece. Here we go. Okay. Sleep and recovery. Okay. It is so easy to want to do more when sometimes we actually need to be doing less better. Okay. This is where I talk about working out is still stress. Dieting is still stress. Sleep disruptions are stressors. Lower estrogen levels are going to decrease your ability to deal with all of those stressors. Okay. So as much as you don't want to prioritize sleep because you're so busy taking care of five million other things, you're also doing yourself a disservice. You're making this whole process that much harder for you. So ladies, it is time for you to realize that it is not a badge of honor to be going on four hours of sleep a night. By the way, optimizing sleep, because if you're somebody that's struggling with sleep throughout this, this time, is something you also want to be prioritizing. Understanding good sleep hygiene, some good supplements you can be taking before bed, different things you can be doing to make sure that you are getting good sleep. Okay, sleep is a big one. Managing stress. It is okay to have a therapist, a counselor, a friend, a colleague, somebody who you can vent to, removing the stress, not holding it in and blowing it up all the time, not taking on the world because you feel like you're responsible for the world, okay? Learning how to manage stress is a huge factor. And one of the hugest reasons why we are seeing so much disruption in hormone profiles. Stressors are the number one big thing. Like I said, dietary stress. Sedentary lifestyle is stress. All the environmental exposures are stress. We've got to learn how to mitigate the response of stress in our lives. Okay. So, and then the last one I'm going to talk about here is a big one. All right. And it, it comes down to stress as well. That's why I saved this one for last. Self-compassion. You're looking at your body and you're disgusted. You're walking around feeling bloated all the time. You are getting pimples in your 40s and you're like, what is this? Your hair is looking crappy. There's not enough Botox in the world to fix your wrinkles. And you're like, so hard on yourself. At some point, you have to realize that hating yourself is not gonna make the process any better. 
And self-acceptance doesn't mean to have, doesn't have to mean that you're happy with your changes. It just means that you're accepting where you're at and you're working on making the best of this time of your life. It does not have to be miserable. It can be something that you can learn how to change. And it's finding that even though your body might be different than it was in your thirties, it doesn't mean that it can't be different in your fifties and learning how to take this change and read your body and understand what your body's asking you for and craving and transitioning into a different body. Our bodies are always evolving. You're not going to have the same body as you had in your thirties, but it doesn't mean that your body in your fifties isn't going to be better than that body. You can improve it, but it has to come with self-compassion and understanding that there's a lot of things outside of your control. And the more you focus on the result of what's going on and less on the things that are within your control, you are not doing anything to help yourself. You are literally making yourself miserable. And so this is an opportunity for you guys to take what I'm telling you today and learn how to change how you are feeling right now. Understand how to optimize your hormones to look and feel your best as you do age. And if you are not going through these times and maybe you are younger and maybe you are experiencing some, some funky things going on and you want to prevent this from happening, take this seriously. Okay. Food quality. Okay. Prioritizing your nutrition is a part of living a healthy lifestyle. I don't care how much you work out. I don't care how much you do all these other things. If you don't make time to eat right, you are not living a healthy lifestyle. I'm sorry, hands down, because nutrition is your bloodline. And it does not have to be complicated. What I do and what we do in my program is make that easier for you guys. There is not a one size fits all approach. It's not just, oh, eat these foods and don't eat those foods. It's not just one meal prep on Sundays. It's not just, well, feed the kids this. Everybody has to find different strategies that work for them. But the overall goal being of living a healthier life through nutrition, through movement, through recovery. Okay. I'm going to hop over to the comments. I know I've been going on for a while and I have no comments because it's a, it's usually I have guys on here. This is a women's episode. But if you guys found this episode helpful, you want more information on hormones, maybe you are experiencing some of these things yourself and you're interested in setting up a consultation with me, shoot me a message. I would love to hear from you and I will talk to you all on the next episode.